Chapter Three, Part Two of The Betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Betrothed by Alessandro Monsoni. Chapter Three, Part Two. While the doctor poured forth this rhapsody, Renzo stood looking at him with the spellbound attention of a laboring man watching a juggler in the street who after thrusting into his mouth handful after handful of tow draws forth thence ribbon 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 seemingly without end when at last he understood what the doctor was saying and the strange mistake he had made he cut short the ribbon in his mouth with these words oh senor doctor how have you misunderstood me the case is exactly the other way i have threatened no one i never do such things not i ask all my neighbors and you will hear i have never had anything to do with the law the trick has been played upon me and i came to ask you what i must do to get justice and i am very glad that i have seen this edict hang him exclaimed the doctor opening his eyes what a medley you have made so it is you are all alike is it possible you don't know how to tell things plainly i beg your pardon senor doctor you didn't give me time now i will relate the case as it is you must know then that i was to have been married to-day and here renzo's voice became tremulous i was to have married to-day a young woman to whom i have paid my addresses since the beginning of summer and this was the day as i said that was fixed with the senor curate and everything was ready well this morning the senor curate began to throw out some excuses however not to tire you i will only say i made him speak as was but just and he confessed that he had been forbidden under pain of death to celebrate this marriage this tyrant of a don rodrigo get you gone quickly interrupted the doctor raising his eyebrows wrinkling his red nose and distorting his mouth get you gone why do you come here to rack my brain with these lies? Talk in this way to your companions, who don't know the meaning of words, and don't come and utter them to a gentleman who knows well what they are worth. Go away, go away. You don't know what you are talking about. I don't meddle with boys. I don't want to hear talk of this sort. Talk in the air. I will take an oath. Get you gone, I tell you. What do I care for your oaths? i won't enter into the business i wash my hands of it and he began rubbing and twirling them one over the other as if he were really washing them learn how to speak and don't come and take a gentleman thus by surprise but listen but listen vainly repeated renzo the doctor fuming all the time pushed him towards the door and on reaching it set it wide open called the servant and said be quick and give this man what he brought i want nothing i want nothing the woman had never before executed a similar order all the time she had been in the doctor's service but it was pronounced in so resolute a manner that she did not hesitate to obey so taking the four poor birds she gave them to renzo with a look of contemptuous compassion which seemed to say you must indeed have made a grand blunder Renzo tried to be ceremonious, but the doctor was inexorable, and the unhappy white, astonished and bewildered, and more wrathful than ever, 
was compelled to take back the restored victims and return to the country to relate the pleasing result of his expedition to agnese and lucia during his absence after sorrowfully changing their nuptial robes for the humble daily dress they had set themselves to consult anew lucia sobbing agnese sighing mournfully from time to time when agnese had sufficiently enlarged upon the great effects they might hope for from the doctor's advice lucia remarked that they ought to try every method likely to assist them that father cristoforo was a man not only to advise but also to render more effectual assistance where it concerned the poor and unfortunate and that it would be a good thing if they could let him know what had happened it would indeed replied agnese and they began immediately to contrive together some plan to accomplish it since to go themselves to the convent distant perhaps two miles was an undertaking they would rather not risk that day and certainly no one with any judgment would have advised them to do so while however they were thus engaged in weighing the different sides of the question they heard a knock at the door and at the same moment a low but distinct deo gratias lucia wondering who it could be ran to open it and immediately making a low bow there entered a lay capuchin collector his bag hanging over his left shoulder and the mouth of it twisted and held tight in his two hands over his breast oh brother galdino exclaimed the two women the lord be with you said the friar i have come to beg for the nuts go and fetch the nuts for the fathers said agnese lucia arose and moved towards the other room but before entering it she paused behind the friar's back who remained standing in exactly the same position and putting her forefinger on her lips gave her mother a look demanding secrecy in which were mingled tenderness supplication and even a certain air of authority the collector inquisitively eyeing agnese at a distance said and this wedding i thought it was to have been to-day but i noticed a stir in the neighbourhood as if indicating something new what has happened the senor curate is ill and we are obliged to postpone it hastily replied agnese probably the answer might have been very different if lucia had not given her the hint and how does the collection go on added she wishing to change the conversation badly good woman badly they are all here and so saying he took the wallet off his shoulders and tossed it up between his hands into the air they are all here and to collect this mighty abundance i have had to knock at ten doors but the year is scarce brother galdino and when one has to struggle for bread one measures everything according to the scarcity and what must we do good woman to make better times return give alms don't you know the miracle of the nuts that happened many years ago in our convent of romagna no indeed tell me well you must know then that in our convent there was a holy father whose name was father macario one day in winter walking along a narrow path in a field belonging to one of our benefactors a good man also father macario saw him standing near a large walnut tree and four peasants with axes upraised about to fell it having laid bare its roots to the sun what are you doing to this poor tree asked father macario why father it has borne no fruit for many years so now i will make firing of it 
leave it leave it said the father be assured this year it will produce more fruit than leaves the benefactor knowing who it was that had uttered these words immediately ordered the workmen to throw the soil upon the roots again and calling to the father who continued his walk said father macario half of the crop shall be for the convent the report of the prophecy spread and every one flocked to see the tree spring in very truth brought blossoms without number and then followed nuts nuts without number the good benefactor had not the happiness of gathering them for he went before the harvest to receive the reward of his charity but the miracle was in consequence so much the greater as you will hear this worthy man left behind him a son of very different character well then at the time of gathering the collector went to receive the moiety belonging to the convent but the son pretended perfect ignorance of the matter and had the temerity to reply that he had never heard that capuchins knew how to gather nuts what do you think happened then one day listen to this the knave was entertaining a party of his friends of the same genius at himself and while making merry he related the story of the walnuts and ridiculed the friars his jovial friends wished to go see this wonderful heap of nuts and he conducted them to the storehouse but listen now he opened the door went towards the corner where the great heap had been laid and while saying look he looked himself and saw what do you think a magnificent heap of withered walnut leaves this was a lesson for him and the convent instead of being a loser by the denied alms gained thereby for after so great a miracle the contribution of nuts increased to such a degree that a benefactor moved with pity for the poor collector made a present to the convent of an ass to assist in carrying the nuts home and so much oil was made that all the poor in the neighborhood came and had as much as they required for we are like the sea which receives water from all quarters and returns it to be again distributed through the rivers at this moment lucia returned her apron so laden with nuts that it was with difficulty she could manage it holding the two corners stretched out at arm's length while the friar galdino lifted the sack off his shoulders and putting it on the ground opened the mouth for the reception of the abundant gift agnese glanced toward lucia a surprised and reproachful look for her prodigality but lucia returned a glance which seemed to say i will justify myself the friar broke forth into praises prognostications promises and expressions of gratitude and replacing his bag was about to depart but lucia calling him said i want you to do me a kindness i want you to tell father cristoforo that we earnestly wish to speak to him and ask him to be good as to come to us poor people quickly directly for i cannot go to the church is this all it shall not be an hour before father cristoforo knows your wish i believe you you need not fear and so saying he departed rather more burdened and a little better satisfied than when he entered the house let no one think on hearing that a poor girl sent to ask with such confidence for father cristoforo and that the collector accepted the commission without wonder and without difficulty let no one i say suppose that this cristoforo was a mean friar a person of no importance he was on the contrary a man who had great authority among his friends 
and in the country around but such was the condition of the capuchins that nothing appeared to them either too high or too low to minister to the basest and to be ministered to by the most powerful to enter palaces or hovels with the same deportment of humility and security to be sometimes in the same house the object of ridicule and a person without whom nothing could be decided to solicit alms everywhere and distribute them to all who begged at the convent a capuchin was accustomed to all these traversing the road he was equally liable to meet a noble who would reverently kiss the end of a rope round his waist or a crowd of wicked boys who pretending to be quarrelling among themselves would fling at his beard dirt and mire the word fracta was pronounced in those days with the greatest respect and again with the bitterest contempt and the capuchins perhaps more than any other order were the objects of two directly opposite sentiments and shared two directly opposite kinds of treatment because possessing no property wearing a more than ordinarily distinctive habit and making more open professions of humiliation they exposed themselves more directly to the veneration or the contumely which these circumstances would incite according to the different tempers and different opinions of men as soon as the friar had left all those nuts exclaimed agnese and in such a year too i beg pardon mother replied lucia but if we had only given like others brother galdino would have had to go about no one knows how long before his wallet would have been filled and we cannot tell when he would have returned to the convent besides what with chatting here and there he would very likely have forgotten ah you thought wisely and after all charity always brings a good reward said agnese who in spite of her little defects was a good woman and would have given everything she owned for this only daughter whom she loved with the tenderest affection at this moment renzo arrived and entering with an irritated and mortified countenance threw the chickens on the table and this was the last sad vicissitude the poor creatures underwent that day fine advice you gave me said he to agnese you sent me to a nice gentleman to one who really helps the unfortunate and he began immediately to relate his reception at the doctor's poor agnese astonished at his ill success endeavoured to prove that her advice had been good and that renzo had not gone about the business cleverly but lucia interrupted the question by announcing that she hoped they had found a better helper renzo welcomed the hope as most people do who are in misfortune and perplexity but if the father said he does not find us a remedy i will find one somehow or other the women recommended peace patience and prudence to-morrow said lucia father cristoforo will certainly come and you'll see he will find some help that we poor people can't even imagine i hope so said renzo but in any case i will get redress or find some one to get it for me there must be justice in the end even in this world in such melancholy discourse and in such occurrences as have been described the day wore away and began to decline good night said lucia sorrowfully to renzo who could not make up his mind to leave her good night replied he still more mournfully some saint will help us added she 
be prudent and try to be resigned. Agnese added other advice of the same kind, and the bridegroom went away with fury in his heart, repeating all the while those strange words, There must be justice at last, even in this world. So true is it that a man overwhelmed with great sorrows knows not what he is saying. End of chapter 3, part 2